such a well-known little parable, that isn't it? Short and sweet. Uh, but I wonder if I was to ask you what the real message of that parable is, what you would tell me. Anybody want to call out a, a summary in a sentence, what that parable is about? The parable of the, of the unjust judge and the widow? Persistence in prayer. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you for that. I think we're on pretty safe ground if, if we uh, declare that to be, the, to be the meaning. And I say that because Luke himself, in this particular occasion, Luke is the narrator. Luke tells the story. And he begins, quite unusually for, for parables, is that he tells us what the parable is about in advance. And so in uh, verse 18, Luke writes this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So in Luke's mind, this parable is about praying always and never giving up. It's a great message, isn't it? It's, a, it's an encouraging message. And we know that. We know it instinctively, don't we? But I wonder if we, as we read the parable, uh, whether we don't begin to see a little bit of complexity in it which maybe uh, that simple summary perhaps doesn't quite, quite do its justice. I use justice uh, with uh, intent. The reason why I say that is that Jesus himself, having spoken out the parable, then gives his own summary of what he's just said. And while it's, there's a huge overlap with, uh, with what uh, Luke's summary is, it's different. But just listen to this. And so in Later on in the, in the passage, and the Lord said, Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Okay, so Jesus is saying that there is Yep, that prayer is certainly uh, being encouraged. But what seems to be Jesus' focus? What does Jesus mention in that little summary three times? Justice. Justice. So it's not just about praying, but Jesus seems to have on his heart the fulfillment of justice. The justice will be done. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, who pray continuously and intentionally? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. You see, the parable, and let me abandon my notes because I want to, I want to go as quickly as, as possible. Who are the main characters in this parable? Who are the characters in, in the parable? Who? Judge, first of all, yes, and a, a widow. Now, first of all, the, the judge. Let's just think for a moment about who a judge would have been and what would have been entrusted to a judge in, in, those, in those times. Much like today, I guess, a, a judge was, was there to ensure that if there were troubles, that they were resolved with fairness. He was called to be impartial to ensure that the law was, was upheld. He was there to use his authority for good, 
to ensure that justice was done. But what about this judge? What about this judge? This was not a just judge. Why not? He didn't fear God, and he says he, didn't, he doesn't care what people think. And so what does he do? He, he rejects the appeal of the widow. Okay, so let's talk about the other character who is the, the widow. You have the judge, a person of great authority, great standing in the community, great trust, even though this particular one is bad and corrupt. And then the other figure is who? A widow. Now, we know that maybe even today, but certainly in, in Jesus' time, widows were probably amongst the most vulnerable people in society. You know, and this particular widow, not only has she lost her husband, but as she is involved, and we don't really know what dispute it might be, but there is some injustice that has been done to her, and there's clearly nobody else to fight her fight for her. She goes alone. She's been, who knows, rejected. She's alone. She's probably incredibly powerless. She has no voice. She has no authority. So she's almost the complete opposite of who the judge is. And she goes to the one person who should be able to listen to her and be on her side. Because that's what the judge was called to, to do. In that context, Scripture said a lot about, about how widows and orphans and those who were strangers, those who were aliens, those who came from other countries, those who were most vulnerable were to be looked after. And so she comes to appeal to the person who should be able to deliver that justice for her, to look after her, and what does she get? She gets rejection. Her final hope, she's rejected. And so we see that this is a story not just about persistence in prayer, although she was certainly persistent. She came back. She didn't allow that to, to get her down. She came back, and she came back, and she came back. But you see, this is a story about injustice. What is justice? Justice, kind of a, as a word, rolls off our tongues. We use it all the time. We use it in the, in the world. We're very conscious about justice. But what is justice? For us as Christians, what, it, what does it mean for us to call for justice? Right things, yeah. For things to be made right. And what is the standard of rightness? How do we measure that which is right? That which is uh, godly. We find our, our idea of what is just in the very nature of our God. So therefore, for the judge not to, to know God or to listen to him or to respect him means that he's actually cut off from the very source of justice. Something is just is when it is right in God's eyes. And we know God's heart. We know that he loves. We know that God himself is on the side of those who are most vulnerable. God stands on the side of those who are poor, those who are marginalized, those who are grieving, those who are ill. Anybody who is excluded, God stands with them. That's what our scriptures tell us. And so that which is just is that which ensures that those who are excluded 
are brought in and restored, that they're just, that their issues are heard and made right. So this is a story, a parable, not just about prayer, but it is about justice and injustice. Now I want to ask a question just very quickly, because a parable is meant to draw us in. We're meant to go, I can identify with, with this character or that character. That was the whole point of Jesus telling his parables. So who do you identify with in, in the story? Maybe it's no one, but maybe I, I suggest that there might be some of you here who identify with that, with that widow. There may well be people here who feel very much alone. And the, one, of the, one of the sad things perhaps about us as a, as a church is that so often we come here on a Sunday and we feel that we have to put on our happy faces. And there are some of us here who don't feel particularly happy. We've got lots to rejoice in, in God, and there's no question about that. But the reality of our lives sometimes, of grief, of sadness, of uh, there are people in this room who know what it feels to be exiled from their homes. There are people here who are facing crises within their families. And you know, it's not just about women, although certainly I think women in our society are particularly vulnerable. But sometimes the big, strong men in our midst are the very ones who hide their vulnerability the best. And so for you, big, strapping man, you may well be saying, you know what, I actually understand a little bit about what that, what that, what that widow is going through. I feel as though I'm not being heard. I feel as though in some part of my life I've been treated unjustly and nobody understands. Now to you, know that God knows. Know that this parable talks about justice being done. That Jesus talks about those people who are vulnerable, that their needs will be met. That he stands with you and on your side. But I want to challenge you, <clears throat> maybe there are some of you, maybe you don't realize it, but when we look, and I'm going to say we, when I look in the mirror, I see the judge. There are times when I see the judge, if I'm most honest with myself. The judge, judge had influence. He had resources at his fingertips. And yet he did nothing. There are many of us in this room who have the most extraordinary resources at our fingertips. Not necessarily financial, but we have privilege, we have education, some of us have time. It's a stewardship month and all of those things in which God has entrusted to us. These are the things that are given to us not for our own use, but for the benefit of others. And when we don't use those things to benefit others, when we look in the mirror, who we see is the judge. And we see an issue of justice. If you are not doing what you're called to do by God, to use the things that he has given you, then we need to ask ourselves some difficult questions. You know, Jesus finishes the, the passage, and I'm going to wrap up really quickly. He finishes almost with a a little sting in the tail. He says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? 
suddenly this passage, which has been about, which has been about prayer and persevering in prayer, or maybe it's been about justice and working for justice, suddenly the sting in the tail is Jesus saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, and I wonder whether I'm going to find faith. And I don't think that Jesus is talking about whether he's going to find people who are praying faithfully. I think he's saying, are there people who are so filled with faith that they're not only prayers, but they are also those who recognize that they too may be the answer to the prayer that they're praying. For those of us who have influence, those of us who have this most amazing situation in, in our society, we have resources. Our call is to be listening to God. And really, that's prayer is not just about giving to God a list of our needs and our wants, although, of course, God listens when we do that. He listens and He knows before we utter the words what our needs and our wants are. But really, one of the main things about praying is that as we pray and as we pray and as we pray, we become more and more conformed to the heart of God. More and more as we pray, as we pray for others, as we pray for ourselves, we begin to understand the things that are on God's heart. And if we will allow God, the more and more we will be transformed into His likeness by His Spirit. And the things that are on God's heart become the things that motivate our actions. There was a lovely little, I can't find my quote now, but there's a quote from a, a well-known American commentator. And he says in our prayers, it's not necessary for us to beat a path to God's door. We don't need to, to beat on the door and, and to, to kind of um, like, the, like the, uh, the, the woman to almost guilt the judge into making a decision for her, for listening to her. That's not our God. Our God is not like the judge. He is a complete contrast to the judge. We don't need to, to beat a, a path to his door. But sometimes the path that is needed to be beaten is the path to our doors. So that when we open the door, we know what we're called to do and where to go. And so let me finish what I'm saying by, by issuing a call to prayer. I really believe there's a huge amount going on uh, around us. And as we read the newspapers, it's out there in the, in the world. Uh, there are lots of trouble spots out there, and many of you are passionate about some of those, those spots. I want to call us to pray, to pray earnestly, to pray steadfastly, to pray in an ongoing way for the world. But I also think our country needs prayer, does it not? I also think that our diocese, the umbrella body to which this lovely parish belongs, there is great need. And maybe the one thing that we have not done is we, as we consider our leadership issues, the questions that we need to answer about who we're going to choose as a future bishop, as we consider our finances, we have not heard a call to pray. And so I'm issuing that prayer for, for us as a parish. Let's pray. Let's pray for our church. In two weeks' time, we have a vestry meeting. What time is the vestry meeting? Well done. We need to pray. We need to pray for our leadership and for a vision for the future. We need to pray 
You know, justice is not about things, ultimately. It's not about money in your pocket. Justice is about relationship. And so our prayers for justice are actually prayer to say, Lord, who are you giving to us for us to look after? Who can we reach out to? Who has been put in our path that we are called to make right, to help their lives to be made right? Let's pray. Let's pray. So next Sunday, uh, beginning in our services, we're going to have a day of prayer. There's going to be a prayer spot that's going to be opened, just like our prayer vigil, just a little mini, mini prayer station. It will be open through the day. You're welcome to return and to pray on your own at any time during the day. And then we will finish our day with a, with a prayer gathering, a little worship and prayer uh, service at 5 o'clock, I think it is, in the, in the afternoon. It's in your, on the board somewhere, 5 o'clock. So we will finish our day in prayer. Let's pray. Our call is to pray. Our call is not just to pray, but to be shaped and reshaped by our prayer, that we can be agents of justice and of God's love, of his plans and purposes in this place, in our diocese, in the land, and in the world. We have a God who calls us to pray, and it is he who will make all things possible. Amen.